So put your Bibles up in the air and repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to us. You will reveal your heart to us and we want to hear your voice. As I open my mouth, let your words will flow like a river, Father. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I want to talk about the woman, three significant women that impacted my life. And I want to share this as a story. So this is how it's going to roll like. The key words this morning is, woman, you are highly favored. Luke chapter 1, verse 28 It says, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. So this is the backdrop of the scripture we're going to use and we will see how we're going to roll into the whole package, how the Lord wants to reveal. So this morning, I'm not going to necessarily teach or preach. I'm going to tell three stories and those three stories were inspiring to me and I believe it's going to inspire to you. So these are the three stories I want to unroll it because sometimes we have this mindset, uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes we think the favor of the Lord means there is no problem. Sometimes we think the Lord's favor means I have no problem, everything is solved. But actually it's absolutely opposite to that. Here, angel goes to Mary and says, greetings, (laughs) you are highly favored and but The rest of the story, you all know what happened to Mary. From a teenage girl, she has to go through uh, the scorn, the public rejection. Even her own, her fiancé was almost thinking to dump her, you know. So we will go into that story a little bit later. But I was thinking how beautiful it will be. We just take some time to think about these three things. Every one of us in this world were given. So the first one, God has given three things. One is favor. The second one is faith. And the third one is the authority through scriptural gifts. Each and every one, God has given these three things. A limited amount of favor, a a measure of favor, a measure of faith, a measure of authority through the gifts. These are gifts God has given to all of us. So some of you might say, well, I don't have faith. That's actually wrong. Because you know why? The Roman says, and also uh, read in some other, I can't find the address quickly, but it says, God has given ability of measure according to each one's ability. You know, So everyone has got a favor. Everyone has got a faith. Your faith may be small or big, or maybe you lost your faith, but there is a faith inside deposited by God. And everyone has got gifts. Everyone is good at at least one thing, that you might not even know, but you are good at it. That's why you have the authority through the gifts. So these are the three things God has given to each one of us. What we're going to discover now is simply we're going to look at three different stories. Three women, three stories, three lessons. So it's very simple and I believe this is going to be a blessing for all of you because it blessed my heart as I was even writing from Tuesday. Actually, from Tuesday onwards, I asked the Lord, what do you want me to share? And then I, I sometimes have a word and then I chew on the word, pray, uh, take it time to pray. And, you know, sometimes the Lord will lead me to your time of fasting and ask, ask him for precise statements to make. And uh, uh, because it's not just I want to come and fill the gap for 40 minutes with some kind of rampant, uh, you know, some ranting, but it's more like something that you can chew on it for the rest of the week, but partially it's also for the rest of your life, you know. So these three women, three stories, three lessons. And uh, those three 
stories are one one is my grandmother another one is pandit ramabai i don't know whether anybody heard about pandit ramabai and if you have not heard about i'm going to share she is a passionate uh, woman and then this mary the mother of jesus i thought about sharing about mother teresa but we all know about mother teresa there's a lot of other women even ida scudder but i i thought this would be really good to talk about pandit ramabai and and my grandmother ruby you know and uh, her name was tangamani i was her tamil name so let me go ahead and tell the story of an illiterate woman who pioneered churches in india so my grandmother for example when she was around 8 years old she gave her life to the lord and when she was 8 years old her mom was 14 i guess in those days they got married very early my great grandmother was married at 14 my grandmother was married at 16 and my mom got married at 19 and uh, my sister got married at 24 and i got married at 33 so i myself call i am a part of a progressive family so from 14 to 16 to 19 24 and 33 and i am not sure isaac when he is going to get married but uh, it's long way to go i believe he's only 5 years old so she was born in a small town uh, south of india called tirunelveli and then she was kicked out because she came to know jesus so she and her mother maybe she was a small little girl and her mom she came to know the lord when she was 14 but she couldn't stay in that house because the rest of them were hindu so they kicked her out they put her in a train from tirunelveli to chennai so they arrived to chennai they became homeless they were just stuck in the central station and they were there no one was there to uh, take them in so there was one pastor still the church is there in chennai if you go it's in royapetta it's next to the express avenue if you've been to that mall and there is a church called madras pentecostal assembly so it was the oldest church in chennai as a first pentecostal church in chennai that's why they call it madras pentecostal church so these guys would go to the railway station bus stand they will hand out tracts and blah 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 and there she, she was my my grandmother and her mother so they took her in they discipled her there she met my grandfather who was also was kicked out because he became a christian and he comes from a brahmin family balasubramaniam he was kicked out and he was there so they both met and uh, they didn't fell in love or whatever in those days it's arranged marriage you know so they said you are single you are single you are kicked out you kicked out perfect match let's get married so that's how they got married and uh, they were sent out as missionaries to tiruvannamalai district which is this neighboring district to start church and uh, orphanages so they started a children's home called jehova jire children's home and uh, to cut the long story short they have raised in the last last 40 years 3000 children out of the children's home and they started planting churches and the, the church was called indian christian assemblies of god and uh, they planted churches in tamil nadu in andhra in in different parts of uh, uh, south part of tamil nadu but then also in kerala and there's one branch also in mumbai you know i don't have connection with this but this is what my grandfather all pioneered all over but then he died in 79 so when he died in 79 my grandmother took over the leader of a church which is a very big taboo in a pentecostal circle women cannot be a leader women can be lead songs or whatever but it's not supposed to be the leader she can't baptize people she can't do all those things but the lord gave us such an anointing in her life she became a leader and 
sadly few churches left but the lord multiplied amazingly and this is the picture of her if you look at her she's tiny she's only 5 foot and she has done only 8th standard she has never traveled the world but there's one thing the lord's anointing upon her life which changed upside down she's planted more than 11 churches and she herself says this charles i am a 8th standard dropout but it does not matter for god what matters for god is your availability of your heart so she will always say this to me charles are you available for god to use you in any time you want so i remember the last stage of her life uh, it was very challenging for her because she died when she was 78 or 79 can't remember and uh, and she was very passionate until the age of 76 she would cook her own meals she would wash her own clothes she says you know what i am called to do all these things i just don't want to because i am a leader i don't want anybody to serve me i am called to serve and that's kind of a leadership she taught me you know like to live a life of simplicity not to just say just because you have a title you know sometimes today they start a church and then suddenly it's called holy ghost international and it's basically three people in the church but then they call themselves reverend doctor or whatever but she lived a life she never has the title she never used the title she lived the simplicity of life in such a way that it was an example in my own life so uh, why i shared this because i thought it will be a, a blessing for all of us because it's a mothers day and this lady the moral life principle for me it's god choose the foolish things in the world to confound the wise you know there is a scripture here in 1st corinthians 127 you can write it down or you can read it later it says for god chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise god chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong and this culture doesn't so much emphasize we call mother india bharata mata we call you know we give respect very much on the outside but not necessarily inside so i really want you to take some moment even as we leave from here go look into your mom's face and say hey i really appreciate for what you have done in my life if your mom is not here in the town call them or do a facetime or skype or whatsapp video call do something we live in a technology where it's amazing that we can even speak face to face for example mother teresa when she left albania she just took a handkerchief and the ship she did like this bye bye and it took her 6 months to arrive to india so and the last time she saw she was in austria and there was a war going on so there was a wall between austria and albania because there was a border war and she could not even cross the mom was on the other side she was here how much pain she might have gone through but we are so blessed you know last night my mo- my wife was calling her mom there was skype i mean she could see her face that kind of technology we are blessed with so i want you to be challenged this one thing we pray in papa's house and uh, my wife knows this and the staff knows this i pray that each and every one will have a heart of not just i'm a christian i'm going to church but really a family heart that we will be so connected you know in such a way that we can bear one another's pain we can compliment one another we will be so warm that people will say well something is different in you you are not just a normal christian something so beautiful and profound you know so this is the first life principle for me god chose 
the foolish things in the world to confound the wise. So it doesn't matter where you come from. You don't need to have all the highest education. I'm not undermining the educated, but it does not matter. Some of our mothers are not educated, but they have taught us life principle more than you and me have ever went to college and learned. Hello? Can you agree with me what I'm saying? So we may know a lot of stuff from the Google or from the books. We may got certificate, but the principles our moms have taught us are life principle. And one of the life principle my granny taught is he can choose the foolish things of the world and confound the wise. So that's the first one. I'm not trying to brag about my grandmother, but this is the truth. So let me go a little bit into the second woman, which is the story of a Brahmin widow who translated Bible in Marathi. You know who is this? This is Pandit Ramabai. Have you seen her work in near Pune? Anybody visited that? Okay. Me and my wife, when she got married, first thing she said, I want to do two things. I want to buy a book of uh, written about Mother Ida Scudder. She read that book. And then she said, I want to go and visit Pandit Ramabai's ashram. So I was in Pune teaching in a mission school and we had an opportunity. So we took a train. We went to, it's a very tiny village, but the entire village knows her. And uh, actually she was born in 1858, to cut the long story short, during the Indian mutiny. I don't know whether you heard about Indian mutiny. hundred years before, sorry if I bore you up with, with history, but this is going to be helpful for all of us. Hundred years before we got the freedom, there was an Indian mutiny. The Indian revolution started for freedom. That time, Calcutta was the capital of India, of the British India. So there was a big revolt raised, but the British Samraj uh, uh, brutally attacked and a lot of people died and it was suppressed. And during the time, Pandit Ramabai was born and it was very crazy if you look at it. Her dad was a temple priest, a Hindu temple priest. And the, one of the ways of the income they have is they will read all the Vedas and they will go from one village to another village and they will receipt those Vedas. And people will hear those and they will give them money. So this is how it was. And when Pandit Ramabai's mom was nine years old and her dad was 40 years old. Imagine that scenario. A nine-year-old marrying to a 40-year-old. And during that time, sati was very common. You know the word term sati? Sati was when, when a guy dies because the life expectancy in 100 years ago in India was only 40 years. So by the age of 40, 42, 43, I'm like, I'm 41, Lord of mercy. But during that time, you're gone, katamogya, your life is finished. When your life is finished, the girl is tied along with a dead body, torched. This was the life. And it was William Carey who actually abolished Sati. So, let me stick to the story here. What happened was, when she was 9 years old, dad was 40, they got married. And she was one of the six children. So, her mom had six children. By the age of 16, she lost her dad, she lost her mom, she lost all her siblings. She lost everything, she became an orphan. So, one thing she learned was the Vedas. So what she would do, she and her brother, her brother name was Srinivasan, she and her brother, they would go to one place to another place. If you read her biography, it will tell she has been to 4,000 kilometers, walked around. She has even been to Rameshwaram, south in Tamil Nadu. She has traveled. She will go to all the temples, she would receipt. So by the age of 16, the Hindu scholars actually looked at her and gave her two titles. They called her Pandit, which is uh, Pandita, which is the feminine version of Pandit. 
were influenced and they called her Saraswati which is the term for goddess of wisdom. So they gave her these two titles. So she would carry these two titles as Pandita and Saraswati and she would go around. So when she went to Calcutta, that's where the life changed. She got encountered with Catholic nuns who gave her an invitation to go and study in England. So she, when she arrived in England, her life completely changed because the Catholic nuns, what they will do, they will take bread and butter and jam and cookies and biscuits and coffee and tea. They will go to the streets, visit the homeless people and the prostitutes and share them. And Pandit Ramabai would be like, man, I grew up in a culture, I recited all the Vedas, but these people are sharing the love that I don't understand. What is this kind of love? So she asked questions and the nuns shared the gospel. She gave her life to Jesus. You understand? So when she gave her life to Jesus, the turning point happened was the first Indian doctor, I think she was, her name was Ananta Lakshmi or something, I can't remember. She was the first Indian doctor was graduating from States. So she was invited to States uh, to attend the graduation ceremony. So she goes to States she wanted to go for first six weeks, but then she started staying there for almost two years during the time of Swami Vivekananda was also there trying to promote Hinduism. So, Vivekananda was there during the world religion time promoting Hinduism. She was there questioning Hinduism about the male dominant thing. So, she was there trying to get to know the Lord Jesus and she came with such a passion and she arrived first to Bombay and the first thing she did was she did actually a couple of things the first thing she started a printing press and then she started a school and the school predominantly is for widows and when we think widows in our mind right now we think widows are above 50 right but those same widows are age of 14 they are widows because the guy was married 40, 50 years old, he dies because the life expectancy was very short at that time. So she would take those girls because the woman was not given any education, the woman was not given any kind of approach, they were considered a second class citizen. So she would take them in and she would teach them basic things like English, mathematics, science, biology. You know, she would just teach them those simple things and then try to give them vocational training, which is what we saw there when we went to that ashramam, Mukti Mission they call it, and she, the woman can get some kind of vocation. So what she did was, this is amazing, she would take these girls who are from 13, 14 year old girl and she would teach them arts, medicine, philosophy, and, and what happens is, she would not preach them the gospel, she is a Christian. So what she will do, she will open her windows wide open and she will start praising God, she will read the scriptures. She would never preach the gospel to them. So all these widows, they will look at her and say, Hey, you are worshipping the Lord. What is this Lord? And then say, You want to know? Come into my room. And then she will give the testimony and everyone say, I want Jesus. So slowly, every woman get to know the Lord. So she was not doing that top-down mentality like people come as a missionary say, Here is this receive the gospel. She lived the gospel. People in such a way like, wow, you are praising God. Who is this God? She would invite them in. So the woman who received the gospel, she would go and say, hey, you heard the song? This song about talks about Jesus. Do you want to know more? Go to Pandita. This is how it turned her out into such a way that everyone 
came to know the Lord. And as you know, when there is such a growth, there is persecution. So she was kicked out from Bombay. She went to Pune and there also it grown. And because of her influence with all the receipting, she got a lot of money and people donated. So she bought a land. But then they kicked out from there also. So she went out of Pune, which is maybe 60 kilometers from Pune. She started living in the small village and she acquired a large piece of land. And that's where she started this. But her daughter was also influenced by her. But sadly, if you look at her, just before she died, one year before, her daughter also died. So she started her life as a complete orphan. And even at the end of her life, she was an orphan. She lost her mom, she lost her dad, she lost her husband, she lost all of her siblings. Her own brother Srini was the last one. She also died. She married another guy from another caste who is not a Brahmin. And he also died and daughter also died. But that doesn't leave her self-pity. What she did was, she said, okay, I'm going to die, but I'm going to do something. So she learned, she looked at the Marathi Bible. The Marathi Bible was translated before also, but it was translated by Brahmins. So there was not enough cultural information given to them. So she learned Hebrew, she learned Greek. And then what she did, she retranslated Marathi Bible, which is now, if you look at any Marathi and you ask them the Bible, that is the Bible they are reading. In 1965, they kind of altered the, the language, the James Version and this and this. But it was a Bible that translated by her. And just before she died, a month before she died, the printing press she started released the Marathi Bible. Why I am sharing this to you? This is because the life principle is this. I wrote down here, if you want to write down, write it down. No matter what you go through in life, God works everything for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We know the scripture, Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that on all things, God works for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's why I always say this. I have said this before, but I'm going to say this again. God never waste your hurt. God never waste your hurt. You know why? Because as a woman, she could have said, you know what? I lost my dad. I lost my mom. I lost my brother Srinivas. I lost my husband. My own daughter. I buried her. She had all the reasons to be self-centered, self-pity. But she, she didn't do that. Today, Mukti Mission is one of those thriving missions organizations in India. And you know what? In 1965, the first woman stamp was released. Who was her? Pandita Ramabai. And the word Pandita means poet, Rama means bright face, Bai, that's how they started, you know. So she never changed her name, she never lived a foreign gospel, you know. She lived a normal life, she related to people, you know. That's why there is a great number of people who still respect. If you ask a Hindu, a Pandita Ramabai, he will have more respect. Why? Because she didn't come here to abolish the culture, she came here to empower the culture with the kingdom culture. Isn't it beautiful? I look at it and I say, wow, how many of us as missionaries, you know, for me, I'm a missionary to my, my nation. My wife is a missionary. You are a missionary in your own influence. How many of us can think about it and say, God, I am not here to change the name of the person or the way they dress. I am here to influence them in such a way the kingdom culture will come upon them. Amen. 
a beautiful story of Pandita Ramabai. I want you to find ELS there's biography also. They can you can get a, a book about her, read in depth. I'm just gave her life story in less than ten minutes, but if you want to know about her life, it's such a painful stuff she has gone through. You know, uh, one of the things she has gone through is she gave her life to the Lord. And she started asking these questions. Why women are considered a second class citizen? And then she came to know Jesus. The nuns would say, well, we can never go and preach the gospel. The bishop has to preach. And she would ask this question. Well, that's the same thing in the Hinduism also. No woman can be a temple priest. And the same thing is there. So she started asking this question and she found out very sadly, she found out there is no much of a difference between a Christianity and a Hinduism. Both of them operate on the male dominant. And that's why Swami Vivekananda had a very big influence in the Western culture when he promoted Hinduism. He said, we are not, Hinduism is not like you guys Christianity who come here and put one leg on the fellow Indians and one hand Bible. We are not like this. We are a religion of peace, which is not true. But that's how he gained. That's how yoga became such a hit in the Western culture. So he started introducing. But she, on the other hand, she said, well, this is the religious stuff, but Bible talks about women being empowered by Jesus and the apostles. So she started starting the school. And today, thousands and thousands, if not even millions of girls have been empowered through her and sent out all over the nation. And she didn't just raise them by up to 10th standard, 12th standard. She put them in universities, she graduated them, she sent them out, and they are more salt and light. What is the moral? Sometimes you may not know what you have gone through in your life, why you are going through in your life, but God uses those things for a benefit of His greater glory. Amen? I want to challenge you. Don't focus on the pain you are going through. Focus on the purposes, the eternal purposes that God has have for you. Amen. The last story is one of my fascinating story. Is the story of a teenage girl who gave birth to Jesus. And sadly, it's very sad actually. In the Pentecostal circle or any evangelical circle, Mary is kind of brushed to the corner. And in the, in the Catholic circle, uh, they have taken to another extreme. They immaculate it and all those things. But I believe there is a beautiful truth we can learn about this girl. You know, one of the things about this teenage girl, this picture is from the, the nativity story. They promote based on the accuracy of the Bible because Mary got pregnant when she was a teenage girl. She was not pregnant when she was in her 30s or whatever. You know, it was a teenage girl. And those times, if a girl got pregnant outside the wedlock, the punishment is death by stone. And that's why she could not understand, you know. Like I wrote down here, for example, some few points here. You can write it down. How come highly favored can go through these things? Joseph, for example, he almost wanted to dump her because he knows that this girl is a pure. She, she didn't mess up around. But when she went and told, for example, hey, honey, I'm pregnant. Now we're going to stop arranging our wedding and start arranging the arrival of our baby. And he almost, Bible says, he almost secretly want to leave her. That's what the Bible says. Imagine the highly favored. Isn't, isn't it beautiful to look at the highly favored one goes through the almost a point of rejection. Not only that, 
she could not explain her pregnancy because there was no one got pregnant through holy spirit before so she could not go and say well the thing that happened to you happened to me also i like to call it like this there was no oprah during the time running a teen show have you seen any one of her teen shows oprah runs a teen show she will call all the teens in the front and she will have a doctor oz come here explain about the teen pregnancy and then everybody audience claps and wipes her you know the tears and then there was some kind of encouragement and there was no such thing called dr phil comes and explains give you some psychological explanation there was nothing she was alone so nobody could relate to her story people will think she is making it up so that's the number two third she couldn't even find a decent place to give birth highly favored by the lord highly favored we think highly favor means no problem but actually it's opposite to that she could not find there was no hotel want to take her in why because if they do this is not in the bible but this is in the culture if they do they are actually aiding and betting with the same mess that she has gone through what does that mean her husband is not the father of the baby so you put that girl inside that hotel you are actually agreeing with her lifestyle so not only she is going to be in trouble the guy is going to be in trouble so she was kicked out you know and then the king of the nation wants to kill the baby highly favored now she has to run away for her life and also for the baby the king of that nation is so insecure of the baby that could not be explained by her own mother and they look at this her son got lost when she when he was 12 years old in the temple she could not understand that and then look at this one how come she lost her husband at the engage and her own kids doubt jesus so the bible says she became a widow at the very young age and she has to raise all her four kids you know jesus had brothers and sisters hello so there are four brothers i don't know the sisters names are not written so the four brothers one is called james joseph jude and simon these guys got so irritated with jesus and that's why if you look at these guys james and jude when they write they will say this i am the servant of jesus christ but it was not like that before because this guy is a special guy how come he can recite all the torah and everybody is listening to him hello how many of you been bullied by your own family members sometimes your own sister and brother don't believe what you been just speaking sharing hello that's the same thing with jesus and all brothers were like thinking man this guy is a nut nut case his mom cannot even explain how he came into the world no wonder he talks like this look at the shame she has gone through the last but not the least how come our own son is on the cross paying for the sins that he didn't commit wow this is the story of a highly favored woman look at the list no favor in that list joseph wants to dump her she couldn't explain her pregnancy she couldn't even find a decent place to give birth the king of the nation wants to kill her baby her son got lost when he was 12 years old her own husband died at very young age her sons are criticizing her son jesus and then her son is dying on the cross guys 
This is a story of a girl that we seldomly talk in the Pentecostal circle. I want you to get this in your mind. I'm not asking you to worship her, but I'm asking her to give the respect that she deserves. This is a woman, highly favored woman. You and me have a woman in our life who have raised us. They are highly favored also. They have gone through so much pain to raise us up. They have gone through so much shame to raise us up. I remember the Charles that you see here in stage is not the same Charles 20 years ago. I was a disgrace to my family. Why? Because my family was a pastor's family, Pentecostal family, grew up in the church, did all the stuff. My dad and mom don't want to tell that I am the firstborn in my family because I would be such a mess in the school, among my friends. If you look at my friends, they'll be like, oh, Charles, is that your friends? But my mom endured everything. But she never gave up on me. She prayed the prayer. And I believe today, part of her prayer brought such a deliverance. Today I can be a witness. Not just here in Vellur, but in the nations of the world. So what is the moral of this? Very simple. One of the scriptures here, it says, the Bible says, Luke chapter 2, verse 19 and 51. It says, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. What does that mean? She didn't understand everything. Lord, you said to me, highly favored. But I, what I'm going through, it's not highly favored. You know, some of you are going through the same thing. God gave you a promise, but what's going on around your life is exactly contrary to the promise. What did Mary do? She treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. When things don't go the way you've been promised by the Lord goes, what do you do? You treasure everything in your heart and you ponder them. You say, God, you said this, I trust your word will come to pass. Heaven and earth may pass away, but your words will not pass. That's what Mary did and that's what we are called to do. Hello? When things don't go the way you expect, See, 2018, when we started, the Lord said to us, it is a year of glory. A year of glory, a supernatural glory in your mind, in your family, in your ministry. But we have gone through some shaking in this past five months that doesn't match with the word he has given in the beginning. What we need to do is not to change the word according to our lifestyle, but to position ourselves to the word he has given us. That's what Mary did. She treasured everything in her heart and she pondered. And she said, Lord, this is what you said to us. And that's why, you remember, when she was pregnant, she went and saw someone else. What's her name? Elizabeth. And I tell you, my friend, when you don't see your situation clearly, ask God to take you to a place or a person where they can identify with your pain. Not everyone will identify with you. But there will be at least one person that God will bring in that season who will say, yes. And the Bible says, it's so funny, the Bible is full of humor. She didn't open her mouth. She goes to visit her aunt. And her aunt is also going through a similar situation because they are pretty old. Here is a story of a young girl who everybody thinks she cheated on her husband or fiancé. Here is a girl who is completely old and her husband could not even talk and explain about the pregnancy because he was trying to question 
the angel and the angel said chup karo so why if got pregnant the people are asking hey how come you are so old he is like ba 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 a a you hear the both the scenarios there's a one teenage girl could not explain another guy who wants to question more but he is like ba 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 and the bible says these two when they met the kid inside the womb started leaping the bible says so john the baptist baptist was the most spirit filled baptist i ever know people say i'm a baptist i'm not into spirit filled hello the john the baptist was the most spirit filled baptist and the bible says when he saw the womb believed and then elizabeth started prophesying listen to me when you go through painful stuff there will be one or two person god will put in your life who will agree with the lifestyle what you are going through and lift you up and those people are for a season and the same john when he came out he sent his disciples and said should we wait for another messiah are you the one and jesus said well go and tell what you saw the lame could walk the blind could see i come on this is from the bible you understand so what is the moral here this is the moral i wrote down here very simple life principle philippians 16 you may think you're going to lose it but he who started a good work will finish it amen you may think you may not lose it how many times you and me have gone through that you come to a point you say that's it that's it i'm done i'm almost this close to give up dump everything move somewhere anybody anybody here you're almost this point in your life if god didn't bring the next word if god didn't bring another person in your life if god didn't open the door your life is done that's exactly what mary was going through she said to her own family you know what let me go and be with my aunt someone god will open doors for you that's why i wrote down here in a very colloquial way you may think you're going to lose it but he who started in you will finish the good work you who started he started but he will finish it my friends this is it these three stories story of an illiterate woman story of a teenage girl and story of a brahmin widow who translated you know how many people how many marathians are there almost 150 million marathians are there the entire bollywood industry is from the marathi field they are the exporters of the fashion the bombay decides the fashion bombay decides what kind of movie it can come to it today the marathis have a bible from a widow who been kicked out from her own family lost everyone but today we have a bible why i am telling you this story these three stories you may come from a broken family like my grandmother illiterate or you may come from a family where you have lost everybody except you and or you may be in a situation where you can't explain what you are going through is from god but doesn't matter the one who started a work in you will finish 
Amen. I want to pray this, but I want to pray with this scripture. Luke chapter 2, verse 19 and 51. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in your heart. Ask yourself this question. What are the things that I am treasuring up in my heart and how I am pondering those things? Ask yourself this question. What are the treasures? Say for example, did you write down all the promises of God in your life? And you are treasuring up. Or or are you treasuring up all the hurt, disappointments, pain? What are you treasuring up? If you treasure up self-pity, you will not end up being a blessing to others. Why? Self-pity is inward focus. All these three women have equal rights to be self-pity. Do you know that? My grandmother, Pandita Ramabai, Mary, all of them have equal rights to be self-pity. Why? Because they went through so much hell. But they have chosen to treasure the things that God has. I still remember my grandma used to tell the story. They won't even have money to feed. My mom was born very poor, poor family. And they would even go to the streets and take those kids in their home and they would raise the children. So sometimes she would say, we don't even have food. We would just wait there and pray and there will be a knock on the door and they will come back with five kilos of rice. Someone will give two liters of oil and we will cook for a week. And then later someone, one missionary came from Germany and they said, oh, you're running a children's home, I can sponsor. But it didn't happen. We we wait for the sponsorship to arrive then to move. But the faith operates opposite. Faith says, you step out in faith and then I will provide everything. Amen. Kingdom works very opposite. We think, oh, if the sponsor comes, if I get this, if I get this, then I will do it. No. Bible says, you step out in faith, I will open the rivers. Amen. The elders of the kingdom of Israel, the Jews, when the elders were told to step into the Jordan River, then the water will part. It was never told water will part and then you look at it, if it is dry, then you step into it. We have messed up our faith. So guys, I want you to ask this week this question. What are the things I am treasuring up? How am I pondering those things? Ask this question. And ask the Lord, Lord, just like you brought Elizabeth in Mary's life, just like you brought Srinivasar, brother, in Pandita Ramabai's life, just like you brought Balasubramaniam in Ruby's life, that's my grandfather, God, bring someone in my life that can add value to my life. You need to ask God. Don't try to convince people what you are going through. People will be convinced. Those who are called by God, God will bring people in your life. They can validate what you are going through. You don't need to go and explain to everyone what you are going through. Does it make sense what I am sharing with you? So, please think about these things. Let's chew on these things. But I want you to do one thing before this end of this day. Do one thing. Call your mother and say, I want to appreciate. Before you call, write down three things how good she is in your life. Think about it. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you divine words. Call and say, Hey, I thank you for the way you nurtured me. I thank you the way you took compassion in my life. Give an example and speak life to her and pray for her. My friends, we are called to build bridges, not to bomb the bridges. Amen? Your mom may not know all the truth, 
but she with the limited truth she raised you up hello you know one of the teenage sayings to their mothers you don't know anything hello how many times we have said to our parents any honest hand okay only four of them the rest of you is still working on it if they don't know anything first of all you won't be there so let's take some time and ponder these things and then speak life and say mama i just want to tell you i love you i don't know whether you have said that say to them i love you can i pray for you you know and if there is a possibility for you your finances that is little bit more you have extra buy them a gift now that you have amazon order a gift for them something don't order a gift that she will never use it i'm going to buy you you know whatever you know i i i remember buying for my mom something it was she never used it buy something that she would appreciate it acts of love speak life to them guys time is too short they will regret after this days are past so appreciate them okay three stories three women three lesson what is the first story illiterate women who planted love in churches what is that moral let's go into that foolish things of the world to confound the wise okay what is the second story a widow brahmin translated the bible what is the moral <laughs> no matter what you go through he will turn everything for good for you you are called according to his purpose what is the third one story of a teenage girl who gave birth to jesus what is the moral of it doesn't matter even if you think you're going to lose it the one who called you will fulfill amen let's go and bless the mothers and you may work with some mothers hey say to them i just want to bless you god has given spiritual mothers also say to them i bless you i speak life over them and maybe some of them are praying to be a mother i hey i want to bless you whenever that's what east handley jones says the way you break self pity is when you are pity of others wow when i read that i was like wow that's amazing that's the easy way to do it to break self pity the way you break self pity is to be pity of others that you you look at others and say i want to bless you i want to cherish you i want to appreciate the more you do that the more self pity dies amen mm-hmm.